Another episode of Harvey in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... Dan. Ward. Mike. And Steve. Okay, so I'm kind of amazed that my voice is back, first off, because I was sounding real rough by the end of the LVO. Yes. Yeah, so, that, that tournament, like, it's so dry down in Vegas. Oh, like, my The God. desert is a problem when you're constantly talking during games all day and yelling because there's 500 and some odd players in the hall, if not more. Did you try having a beverage? I did. I had many beverages. They are the type that are I would consider a desiccant. You yeah, know what I mean, absolutely. They do not help lubricate anything. No, other than social uh, interactions. Yes, yeah, they do a good job with that. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Ward, Steve, and I were down to Las Vegas Open uh, a couple days ago, and holy shit, that was fun. It's always fun. It's the fifth year I've been. I'll probably go again next year, barring like crazy life circumstances. But yeah, it's gonna be a good time. All right, so um, let's just jump around. Let's, Mike. This week in hobby, um, what have you been doing? Uh, okay, we got time for this. You sure? <laughs> well, I'm letting you go first. So if we roll over, it'll just eat out of our time. <laughs> well, wake us up when you're done. I got about uh, five pri- primaries done. Uh, the apothecary and three of the interceptors. Uh, I also got uh, five of the infiltrators done. Oh, the reavers? Uh, no, the infiltrators for the mechanicum. Oh, oh yeah, right? the I actual got five yeah. of the um, the other versions. Sicarian rust stalkers. The rust stalkers. infiltrators. Five of them done. I got was it twenty two of the sectors done. And drop fleet for drop fleet. Oh, and I got four of the cars done for roadkill, and I feel like and a bunch of stuff primed and prepped and ready for. Paint. You jumped around so much there. You went from infiltrators. I thought, okay, still talking about Primaris, probably the Reavers, and then that was Mechanicum. And then when you went to sectors, I thought I thought you meant like, do you mean Secutari Peltas yeah. for more Mechanicum? <laughs> no, just another game system, completely different. Just just a couple of games. I should just yeah, I should just stop yeah. trying. But, but I feel good. I'm, I'm on a good roll right now. We've got 43 models done before the month's end. And nice. another 12 ready to pump out within the next end of this week, maybe. So what's your, like, target monthly, like, burn down of model count? 35 to 40. Nice. Okay, so you're on your way. Well on your way. Nicely done, man. What about you, Dan? I finished painting one guy. Yes, that deserves a huge round of applause. But seriously, though, like, Mike always paints, like, 20 to 40 models every month. It's kind of expected baseline. Dan doing one guy is, like, pretty impressive. He's a lieutenant, so he should probably count as several, because he's a lieutenant. And he does have, how many wounds? Three? I think, like, six or something. Lieutenants have four. He's a primaris lieutenant, so he's got a lot of wounds. He might have five, then. The regular ones have four, so he's got five, probably. But yeah, he he was fun, so I got him finished up, and in doing so, he was, like, the... So I was doing a batch of Primaris Marines until it got to the point of actually doing, like, real work. And then it was like, i got to figure out how I'm painting these models. So then it became finish one guy and then go back and do more later. Nice. But, um... Are these, yeah. these the, are the batches, are they intercessors? Oh, God. I used... I did a weird mix. I was doing up the lieutenant, a couple of sergeants, and three Hellblasters. 
What? Because I was trying to build all the different ones because I'm building them all with like different conversions with forgeable parts and stuff. So gotcha. I wasn't just like building a legal anything. I was just gotcha. building models to see like how am I going to do the Mark Six looking guys? How am I going to do the sergeants? How am I going to do? Because uh, I'm doing the Hellblasters in Mark Three armor. You will need a captain with them so they don't kill themselves. Yep. Yep. And then lieutenant just just gravy. Yeah, the loot. Uh, the captain is just primed and the base is done. Nice. But uh, the captain, like the the one with the power fist and the plasma pistol from the store opening or whatever the hell. Yep. The special one that cost actually less money than the regular captain. Did anybody see the Darren Latham uh, one of those? Yeah. Oh. It's it really nice, and he's giving it away to a friend for his birthday. His brother that got oh. him into the hobby. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. It's it not just be. some random random guy. That's pretty legit. It's such a nice, like, that is one of the most incredible paint jobs on a model I've seen in a long time, and it's also super nostalgic for me. Yeah, because it was styled after the... Blood Angels Yeah, the cover, Blood Angels Codex cover. Codex of Death or whatever. Yeah. John Blanche cover art. Yeah, and uh, they did a Game Stay model based on that artwork a couple years ago as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, I did see that. That is ridiculous. Mine is not quite painted as well as Darren fucking Latham's. Well, but it's pretty good. Come on, you chump. Get on it. Yeah. Mine's, mine's converted. His is not. Fair enough. Bonus points at a tournament. <laughs> yeah, we might talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Yeah, but, we'll yeah. So I've got that batch of those guys all in progress. I've been building some more Battletech stuff, too, because I can't not... And, um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's about it for now, I think. I'm probably forgetting something, but uh, the main thing was actually finishing that goddamn model, finally. And I'm happy. Okay, Ward, how many pieces of train have you, have you painted so far? Big fat zero so far. Uh, I was busy working overtime all the way up to leaving for the Las Vegas Open, and then went to the Las Vegas Open, and there weren't any terrain classes, so I couldn't put anything towards that goal. Uh, but I did attend six uh, painting classes that we'll be talking about in uh, the next section, so I won't go into too much detail right now. That's yeah, you got some semi-painted models in front of us that look some, really cool. Some semi-painted models. Leave us in suspense. So. Mm-hmm. Steve. Uh, so I, I don't even know what I did in the last two weeks. It's kind of a blur. Uh, but I know at, I painted at least four more Castellans. Uh, so I painted up four Castellans with the Indocene Combustors and the Castellan Fists. Um, and those models are my favorite things to paint, I think, ever. They are so much fun. Uh, they paint up quick, they look awesome, and then the, the, like, the TV screen CRT TV face thing that I got going on is hilariously fun to freehand. And I feel like you need to do four more, because we've got to find some more ideas for how you can do their faces. Uh, four more might be a pushing it at this point in time, Tom. That's a lot of Castellans. That is, like, several hundred dollars worth of robots. Yeah. I'm happy that I have these. And the nice thing about this, too, so um, I bought some bits of the LVO that can convert my Castellans with fists into the Castellans with guns as well, so I can do, like, a max unit of six if I really want to, uh, that kind of thing. So I'll be, yeah, I'll probably be doing a little bit of that at some point this week. But I think I also finished up the Rangers in before since our last podcast. Oh, the big gun snipery guys? I, yeah, I think the entire 15 of them weren't done last time we, we podcast. No, they were mostly done. Yeah, so I finished all those up and then also did two Tech Priest engines here. So I've actually, like, I've painted probably close to 20 models in the last mm-hmm. two weeks. Like, somewhere around there. Wow. And I hear you painted them pretty okay. Pretty okay. Decidedly okay. Decidedly. <laughs> decidedly okay. Secondly okay. Yeah. You definitely, you went down for like a shotgun wedding in Vegas and were most definitely the bridesmaid. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yep. Anyways, uh, well, I painted two models. <laughs> nice. Um, just my two more blitzers for my for my orc team. Um, but you also did other hobbying. Yeah, I don't know. Had I built the thousand points of Nurgle last time we podcast? No, I can't no. remember. I don't think I had. did that on Saturday after we podcasted. Right, because I came by yeah. and the plan was like I think I had built uh, Horticulus. It was the only model I built, and I'm like, all right, Steve, I'm coming to your Snail house. Snail bro. Snail bro. I'm like, Snail Steve, bro. I'm coming over. I'm going to build a thousand points of Nurgle, and then we're going to play a game. Which occurred. Which that is exactly what happened. occurred. Like, I got here at, like, what, one o'clock or something? Yep. Built until around 11? Yep. Because I completely built a great and clean one and two get-started boxes. Yeah, so you had six flies, 20... Uh, plague bears. Plague bears, and, like, six... Six Nurglings and a great and clean one. And a Herald. And a Herald. Yeah. Yeah, and Horticulous Lime. He was already built. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just picked him up first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. And then I got all of the sand done on their bases. So it's all been glue sealed now. All I need to do is wait for good enough weather to prime them, and I can start painting them. Nice. That is so, bizarre. I primed my Primaris in, like, minus 29. It was fine. It all worked out. I was really nervous, but it worked fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that on an army scale. <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't work out, that's a problem. Yeah, I, I did it on, like, half the starter set's worth of models, plus some limited edition models, so that was a little sketchy. Yeah, so, I'll, uh, I'll not just, recommend. I'll jump right into Shut Up and Take My Money, because it's kind of my solution to this problem. Of I went out and bought another Get Started box, five um, of the Beast of Nurgle, the Beast of Nurgle um, the spoil, spoil Pox Scrivener and two Feculent Narmaws. Yep. So I have to build them between now and good weather. And you also have to have a free great unclean one. In yes. There. Yeah, thanks to Steve being the most excellent of bridesmaids. Yes. Uh, maid of Honor, actually. Steve was the Maid of Honor. Let's go with that. <laughs> and that got me, um, it got me to the great unclean one. So, thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Um, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And all I have left to buy is a sloppity bow piper, and I'm basically good to go. That's awesome. So for myself, uh, it's gonna be a box of the uh, or the custodes on jet bikes. I can never remember what the name of the things are. The Donny little jet bikes. There's some oh, Vex yeah. Veritas Praetors or something like that. Yeah, there's something like uh, that. But something the, something with a V and then Praetors. But. Uh, Based on, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but based on my games at the LVO, I really think that I need three of them in a Supreme Command attachment as three shield captains. Uh, because I need something like Celestine. I don't want to do Celestine. Celestine is, Celestine is Celestine, and everybody has a version of her in their lists. So, yeah, that's my shut up and take my money. And I'm sure nobody will have custodians next year. Oh, Not yeah, a no. single person. Dude, there, you cannot do a patrol like a, a minimum squad size patrol for less than 722 points. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like three three regular, like, because you have to have min squads of three. Yeah, and they're, what, like 60-some points each or something? Yeah, something dumb like that. Min squads of three, so... So that's like 550 points for your nine troops. Yeah. Plus an HQ. Yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. I guess you could do a patrol for one HQ and one troops. I thought a patrol had to be two. Two troops, maybe. I guess you could probably do that. But, like, Jesus. any of the ones... You wouldn't want to take a patrol, because that's that's bizarre. You'd want to take at least a minimum, like, battalion or something that gets you a command point. Yeah. So, anyways, the point is, it's crazy expensive. <laughs> but, I mean, luckily, that is, like, 12 models to paint. So, yeah. there's pros and cons here, folks. You have as many models as you do command points. <laughs> yes. 
Which is amazing. Uh, just so cool. And the Alaris Terminators being able to spend a single command point or two command points to split them all into individual models. Yeah. Is crazy. So you get like deep squ- deep strike in a squad of ten, blow some shit up, and then the next movement phase, just have ten squads of one. And they're all obsec. Every single one's obsec. But if you have other obsec models, it still comes down to who has more. So they yeah. don't do well against the uh, the horde thing because like that's a, a problem. Bunch of models or like a small number of models with four or five wounds each versus a squad of twenty guys. Oh yeah, or the twenty ter- guys take the objective. Thirty thirty termagants. Yeah, mean, but the trick if is if they live, if yeah. the gaunts or whatever live. <laughs> but ultimately, like you can spread that out a lot further and have other things go after those large oh, totally. units of troops. And but I think there's a lot of options there. They seem really cool. The shield captains are just ridiculous. And on those Dawn Eagle jet bikes, like the fact that they each have a hurricane bolter. Or missile launcher. The missile launcher, I think, is not as actually as useful as the hurricane bolter for what I'm going to be using them for. Yeah. The missile launcher is interesting, but like the two-up save, the potentially three-plus in-ball, because you can do that via a, a warlord trait or a piece of warrior item. So two-up, three-up. Six wounds, toughness six, like five attacks, hit on twos, re-roll to hit, re-roll to wound with the spear. Like, they're just ridiculously cool. They play, I think, like custodes should. So, anyways, I'm excited about them if you couldn't tell. Yeah. No. They, they sound really freaking cool. Didn't even cross my line. So, Mikey, what are you buying next? Damn you and your infection. Uh, or Nurgle Marines, though. Oh, not not you, the demons, but the marines. Are you going to make a rash decision and follow Nurgle? <laughs> 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 Let's go say, have you been to the doctor oh, and dealt with this infection God. yet? Uh, Penicillin's your friend. But you picked up, is this, are you talking about what you just picked I up? I picked more? up Mortarian, but there's, I want to get all the other stuff too. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I've fallen and I can't get up. The you know what I actually really like uh, you actually did that a few years ago yeah thanks buddy oh yeah. too soon I was gonna say it's you know what I actually really like out of that range is the plague burst crawler I like those tanks yeah yeah oh yeah they're, they're super World War One they're cool though they're in there they got quite the range too on yeah them. yeah with the flamers also for stuff up close and then yeah. the big mortars yeah they're cool I will most definitely also be going down the road of of Death Guard as soon as all my demons are done. <laughs> We're such a 40k podcast right now. This is amazing. We've turned the ship around. <laughs> Full circle. But Blood Bowl! But Blood Bowl! Oh, fuck. Um, oh, yeah, and I get the, the the special Blood Bowl players pack mm, from nice. the LDL. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Wardo. Well, I better jump on the fucking bandwagon here, so... <laughs> do it! Do it! Do Did it! Did a model come out that you want to buy? Currently... Is he, is he yellow, maybe? No, actually, I'm... Uh, I'm not going to talk about that guy right now. Uh, <laughs> I have currently pre-ordered uh, that I will be picking up this Saturday a Thousand Suns Codex and two boxes of Rubric Marines. Ooh. One so of be, us. One of us. One of us. So I will be redoing a Thousand Suns Army. Is this for the second, third, or fourth time? This is the second time. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's not like your Camry. No. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think he sold his zinch rather than repriming them. Correct. Yeah, correct. So well, this time around they will look better, and they won't be. Uh, they, you won't have to do them all by hand because you now have also a fancy new. Oh, I also picked up a. Uh, oh yeah. Point one five needle airbrush, the uh, harder and Steinbeck. So. Yeah. And super nice is. airbrush. That's ridiculous. It is super nice. So and just I, spraying the coarsest metallic paint. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Unthin. Just yes. like shove it in there. Yes, exactly. Paint your thousand so. suns like Iron Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're painting them in the Forge World scheme from the Heresy, they'd be the silver and yeah. then tinted with the red, right? Well, yeah. yeah, so... For sure. Well, that's what well, GW had. Are they going to be blue or red? Are going to be old school? They're going to go blue. blue. Okay. Yeah, so I might do some of the, well, because I also picked up uh, the Anubis head and a Kopesh for a knight. I might do the knight in the old Thousand Sun colors. That'd be cool. Uh, and then have Thousand Suns in the blue and gold. So. The, the I would like that. Kopesh is, is cool, but that head, that from the Shapeways sculptor, or it's just a 40k, uh, like, uh, CAD sculptor that gets all the stuff printed through Shapeways. Yeah, so you, you basically it's just really nice. order his stuff and he sends the file and Shapeways makes it and sends it to you and he he gets uh, hey, somebody bought your stuff and it was Yeah, yeah he had like stuff. that's the guy that I was uh, bought the Castellan uh, bolt-on shooty fist things from. Yeah, the, the, uh, the company name is called Gadgets Plus. So that's uh, that's who I dealt with and uh I'm pretty excited for that too. So, especially since I don't even own a knight currently. So, <laughs> that's like a hundred and eighty dollar purchase to look forward to. It's it's down the Do road. Do they still have that box of two in them for less Fuck money? No, that'll be the take my money later on in life. So, yeah. I really love that. Not only are we getting excited, but we've got like three guys that are super jazzed on chaos, and two guys that are jazzed on imperials. What? Oh, no, ways. no, Mike, you're, you're a split. I go both ways, yeah, buddy. He swings both ways. <laughs> yes! Mike is our... Is, oh. Mike's the swing. Dan and I are always the Imperials. Fuck chaos. We're yeah. not any of those traitors. <laughs> Good lord. Turn from the Emperor's light? Are you kidding but, me? But I think we've we've had a discussion about possibly next LVO going into a group format. So. Yes. Like a team tournament would be really fun. Which, if we were doing... If you guys were bringing down the chaos stuff, depending on... And, I mean, this is... This is maybe getting into a little bit of another period. Dark Eldar could, could very well fall in with a little bit of the chaos-y thing. Yeah. They're kind of evil. Right? It's not like either one of us are playing Slanesh. Exactly. So you're not going to, like, super hate us or anything. Yeah, well, I don't... Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> all right. Demons in the Dark City are a problem, so don't come home with me, but that's all we're worried about. Man, if you want to <laughs> come home with the Nurglings, that's, that's on you. <laughs> don't do it. They are really fun. But, uh, oh god, yeah, the the shut up and take my money is gotta be some custodian sitting. I don't know if I'm gonna go full ham just yet and buy all the things, because... Dan, this is your army. You will have to paint 12 models. I know, but you I won't... do this. But if I start, there's no way I'll stop after buying 12 models, you know? Like, this could get dangerous. Add a detachment to your Raven Guard. Like, like the whole Supreme Command attachment, you're probably gonna need three HQs at some point, depending on how you do your attachments. Add that in. Pick up a box of jet bikes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to not buy one of all the things. <laughs> it's whether or not he buys two of all the things. It's Yeah, because if you build any of the squads with the standard bearer guy, then you might not have enough models to build the oh, other the way, right? Because yeah. they all come, like, the Terminators come with the Vexilla guy, yep. the Wardens come with the Vexilla guy, and a Shield Captain guy. But depending on all the squad sizes, like, um, I think you might not be able to take the three-man squads for every choice. Yep. So, or the two-man squad in the case of the jet biker. So depending on how you build the guys, you might end up, oh, no, I need to buy another squad of jet bikers. And it just gets ridiculously out of control very quickly. Suddenly Dan has a 4,500-point custodes army. It's 30 models, if that. It'll be like me and Nurgle, because I think I bought my first box for Nurgle, what, like, five weeks ago? Yeah. 
Remind Maybe. me to show you. Uh, Dave Taylor just did a commission, uh, Legion of Custodes Army. I'll, I'll show you. I saw that. a picture of one in one of the Facebook groups where it was like, it was like twelve of those flying forge-old cars that are like eighty pounds each and just shit everywhere. Oh, it was yeah. like, holy crap, that is like fifty thousand points. I'm pretty sure that's the and dollars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other one thing one too. Ratio. That's the thing that really terrifies me about this army is the stuff that I like even more than the plastics is like. They have that heavy dreadnought, which is like yep. twice the size oh. of a fucking contemptor. Yep. The the Vexator or something. I can't remember what it is. The really know. big robot. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's he's real nice. The one with like a Gatling Gatling Laz cannon and like the giant. What the fuck? Yeah, thirty k. <laughs> yeah, he has a six barreled like spinny Laz cannon thingy. It's thirty k. Don't worry about it. It's a. It's basically the dark age of technology. They have like flying Sakarans with flare shields. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. The custodes in 30k are pretty fucking badass. They're nuts. okay. They're completely nuts. But yeah, so that's that's the majority of it. Um, with the badger sale, I actually picked up uh, one of the sotars. Nice. The uh, yeah, so the ridiculous like fine detail brush with the point two needle, because the ones that I have at home right now are I think a point four and a point three five or something. So I don't really have a fine line uh, brush. And whenever that one comes in, I will have a ridiculous fine line brush. So that uh, so that should be pretty cool. I'm sure I'll mess around with that at some point in the near future. But uh, I'm trying to remember other things. I'm trying to remember other things because I'm sure there's other things that I'm forgetting. But the main thing is probably the custodians. Yeah. Cool. It's gonna be fun. All right. So let's jump in Elvio. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Um, me. Let me talk about the parts that were bad. My, I, d- I didn't go. That's the worst part. That's the fair. Second worst part. Go. I didn't win a game. This is the worst tournament I've ever played in for my <laughs> final record. I went 0-4-1 dropping my final game. So probably 0-5-1 if you really want to call it that. Um, That's technically exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah, they don't count it that way, by re- but nonetheless. Yeah, it was, it was not great. Um, it was really interesting. All my I games... I got to watch you lose. Yeah, I was going to say, all my games were actually fantastic. I played uh, five phenomenal players. Uh, great people to play against, super fun. Some of the best-looking armies I've seen in uh, in the 40k champs. I played an orc army that had a ton of conversions that was absolutely gorgeous. He's the guy that had the Gorkonaut teddy bear in the Oh, tournament. you played against that guy? I played against that guy oh, in his giant squiggle. okay, yeah. Um, great, great-looking army. Uh, my third game, so third game on the first day, I got asked by, uh, this is where it starts to go up. Let's forget about the losses, and let's start <laughs> talking about the games, that have, why they were fun. The third game I got to play on the Warhammer TV uh, Twitch stream, which was super cool. Um, played against an Imperial Guard player, and anybody that got to see that game or watched, uh, watched what happened, that is how every single one of my games went. I came out of the, the gate absolutely swinging, like would run up 20 points in the first two turns, and be way out ahead, but at that point I'd start losing a few Dragoons, a few Castellans, because they still, I couldn't completely wipe them out in two turns. You know, I could do, like, a hell of a lot of damage, but not not get them, like, completely crippled. Uh, and I'd start losing models, and then soon I'd be pretty ineffective at holding objectives. The Assassins would inevitably die, because they'd take wounds from, you know, being the closest character or whatever else. You get a lucky shot through on the Culexis, they will blow up. Um... And I ended up losing every single one of my games in crazy high-scoring, wacky games, but, like, really tight losses. Like, 30, uh, 31-25, 33-28, 
like crazy close games. The the only game I drew was uh, 23-23, which is bizarre to have like that high scoring of a draw. So yeah, statistically, that should not happen very often. Yeah. What's your max points you can score on ITC? I think a 42 is your absolute max you can get. What's the average most people score? Uh, it's almost impossible to get a 42 because that means that your opponent um, always basically never, ever was holding more objectives than you, never, ever killed more than you, and didn't achieve, like, you know, or, well, their secondaries. Like, basically, they didn't play to the mission at all. Yeah. Uh, typically, like, a, a win was in, like, in the 30s at most. A lot of wins were, like, 19 points or even, like, 11s. Like, you can win with, like, very low-scoring games, especially if they didn't go to, like, turn six and beyond, right? Or and that happens. Six. Yeah, so that there happens. were... Having, like, 20 points definitely would have qualified for a win, especially with some of, like, the slower games. However, all my games went to completion, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, it's also few, really... The final few turns, when you have, like, three models left, go by pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is shocking when, yeah, I had literally a Q-Lexus left in the game uh, that I played in the Warhammer TV uh, stream. Um, yeah, and then the absolute highlight is I took home second for best hobbyist. So out of 478 players, that's okay. I'm pretty stoked with that. Got a whole bunch of swag. Got Tom a great unclean one. Woo-woo. Yeah, so it went it went awesome. The uh, it was it was a fantastic tournament, and I mean. I've done better. I've gone five and one. I've done, you know, second Renaissance. So there's kind of a theme here. Um, <laughs> but th- that tournament was as fun as this one. Right? Like, yep. it was just awesome. Uh, yeah, and again, I've never played in a tournament and done worse. Ever. Yeah, it's, Ever. It's weird to be talking about how positively it went while also getting no wins, but... You get good opponents, you get a lot of other fun activities going on on the side, and you can still have a ridiculous weekend. Well, the thing is, is everybody that goes into the ITC champs, generally, because there's that, sort of that idea when you're, okay, I'm going to register for the champs, I better have my game on point, I better be able to play a good game of 40k, I am going to be playing at a hardcore event, you get good players. Like, even the people that are, you know, in the two, three hundreds, four hundreds, down at the bottom, are not bad players typically right it's not like their first event those guys are probably going to go play you know in in the friendly or go play pickup games if they're going to go to the lbo for fun right it's not a tournament you kind of jump into which is nice i like that about it but the people are still because they're good players they're not going to really haggle with you as much you know that's not going to be that game where they're arguing the rules everybody kind of has a good idea what's going on so it's fun no matter what that makes sense so that was my experience of the tournament um well i guess i'll do mine because um, it should be fairly quick. Uh, Blood Bowl was just the two days, three games each day, and fuck, it's. I keep coming back to this if I always think about playing other game systems, but the guys who play Blood Bowl are just so fantastic. So, like, my first game was against a guy from Alberta. Dirty Berta. Um, but he was a guy I'd never met before because he's stationed out in Cold Lake. Oh, interesting, okay. Uh, he had a goblin team, and that was a blast. That's super cool. Uh, I could not crack Goblin Armor for the life of me, <laughs> but still ended up with him be having like half his team off the pitch due to secret goblin. weapons or him fouling and getting kicked out. I hear Goblin Armor is the best armor in the game. Um, I had the, one of the worst weekends I've ever had for cracking armor. Perfect. Sounds like sounds like my kind of weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I ended up going two, two, and two. Um, played against a lot of great people. Um, 
I think one of the funnest games I've ever played in my entire life for any game system was against a guy named Aaron out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He had a Chaos Renegades team with three of the big guys. And by, like, end of turn two, we're both just like, oh, man, this game. Like, holy shit, out of 16 turns. End of turn two, <laughs> we're just, like, losing our minds about the crazy shit that's happening. That's awesome. And at the end of the first half, um, on his turn seven, uh, he throws a goblin in because he had one goblin with all of his guys uh, for a touchdown. And I'm like, fuck that noise. I've got a troll and multiple goblins. So in my turn eight... I throw a goblin in for a touchdown. His turn seven, he li- or his turn eight, he lines up to do it again, but then fucks up on dice. Yeah. And then we go into the third or the second half, and shit just gets even weirder. There'd be fun stuff like he had one orc on his team, and so I knocked him down and surrounded him by like eight or not eight, like about six players. And he's like, "You're not gonna foul an orc. You guys are orcs." I'm like, "Fuck you, man. He's a traitor orc. He's on a goddamn chaos team." Killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, really fun stuff like that for the whole game. Uh, That game ended up being a draw, and I I couldn't have asked for a better better game. But I did also play a guy who was from the UK, but was living in Naples, but out it, he came to Vegas for his wedding. Interesting. So he was getting married on Tuesday, and they're like, fuck it, we're going to Vegas, let's play in the LVO. (laughs) <laughs> and he had a Bretonian team that was all themed around, uh, like, a wedding party. His team <laughs> roster was, like, in an envelope, and it was a wedding invitation. And it'd be things oh, like the catcher good. was the ring bearer, the thrower, or, like, his best player was the groomsmen, um, the, or, like, the groom, then the blitzers were the groomsmen, the linemen were, like, the attendants. Like, there was a whole story for everything. The apothecary was the bride, and she was at the end zone waiting for her husband-to-be to run the ball in. Like... <laughs> All this shit like that. And he only had... One of my favorite things that he said where I'm like, I know this is going to be a great game. He's just like, I only brought one re-roll because this is my second marriage and I don't get another (laughs) (laughs) re-roll. Okay, that's pretty good. Like, it was just like a really fun game. That was the game where I think we spent more time waiting for beers than than we did actually playing the game. Good, perfect. So he needed the day on Monday to recover, kind of thing. Oh, we, we Tuesday. We ran into him on Saturday or on Sunday because he was playing in the 40k doubles tournament. Yeah, and he was just like sitting there eating a banana, <laughs> <laughs> having a tough time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Biggs was pretty hilarious. That's the thing about Vegas is it it's so dry. You get such a hangover. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that and we drank a lot. Yeah, that happens too. That's yeah, like, like probably step probably one was probably head. drinking too much. Step two was I'm gonna blame it on the on the desert. It's clearly the desert's fault. <laughs> I am blameless in this scenario. I am thirsty. Alcohol is easier to get than water. I it's, drink it. It's probably more sterile. Probably. And because it'll flash right. so quickly, you have to drink it quickly so it doesn't evaporate. Yeah. So it's a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's completely a bad. blameless. <laughs> um, but it was great. Uh the one thing that I have to say though is that I feel like I've been so spoiled by how extremely well run our local tournaments are in Alberta. Okay. That like, even though it was a fairly well run tournament down there, it felt like, like not to complain about it. Yeah. But our events here are so good that like any event that's not at like 10 out of 10. Yeah. Feels like a, a completely subpar event. Now I've been so spoiled. Cause like we always play on the, on Jack's pitches, the maelstrom, um, Gaming mats. Yep. And they only had like five of them for 40 players. Yep. So we're playing on like original boards or 
these weird ones that like they were like puzzle puzzle pieces, pieces. Yeah. but because the tables weren't completely lined up, they weren't really perfect. Interesting. So it was just kind of weird, and it's I w- I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, and ultimately, like, there's really nothing wrong with the event that went down, but you know, if you want to go to a top-notch Blood Bowl event, come to Alberta because fuck, these guys do it right. That's interesting because the, one of the things about the the LVO that's always been a huge thing for 40k is the terrain. Like for for a 500 person tournament to have the level of, of table and terrain that they do is crazy. And I mean, at the same time, they've got a shop that sells the fat mats and sells the terrain. And they have a ton of people that can you know come down and help out paint that much terrain for that many people. Um, but the 40k organization was great, aside from the uh, Best Coast Pairings app. Uh, so the app that they used to run the tournament, because again, running 500 people on a spreadsheet, ward, no offense, probably a little harder mm-hmm. to do the Abs- pairings. Absolutely. Um, they use uh, this app, but every single LVO, they've been using this thing, the, the first day when they click like, here's your pairings, they're up, and everybody goes and clicks the same button at the same server time. Server crash. They crash the server. And it takes them like a half an hour to recover. And How did I possibly guess that? It's not that shocking, and I don't. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't think it's that well written. I don't want to be to throw too much shade, but like it shouldn't really crash with five hundred requests. That's not a lot, uh, and it, every year. Uh, and that's my only knock uh, to the LVO is the Best Coast Pairings app. Like probably ate up an hour's worth of time just in terms of people not being able to see their pairings. Yeah, and I mean that's that's fine go ahead and have those issues if you could, for very good reasons they may not be able to scale or pay for those servers but like take a screenshot or like print out the pairings or have an yeah. option for TOs to do that post them uh, you know each round so that people or put them on a projector or whatever so people can go see them don't have them where everybody has to make a web request to the app and if it's uh, happened before why is it still happening today yeah and I mean at the same time I felt so bad for Reese on uh the pairings for the end of day three, like where we were sitting around for 45 minutes waiting for the app to come up. Reese looked livid, right? Because it's his event. He can't control the, the, what happens on that, that app. Yeah. Uh, that was like the only complaint I have about the event is, is just the organizational software. Yeah. Um, and when it was working, it was great. No problem with it. Like it was fantastic. You see your opponent's list. It was a very well run event. Just not, you know, the infrastructure was poor. Um, yeah. yeah. So other than that, like going two, two and two, like I can't really ask for, like you can ask for a better record, but if you're going just to have fun, yeah, splitting it like that is just a, a great time. At the end of day one, I was two oh and one, so day two was oh two and one. Oh, perfect. Um, perfect. And it had nothing to do with sobriety. It was entirely based on like just the dice abandoned me. Yep, that can Again, happen. Blameless. Completely blameless. There's going to be a theme for this podcast, I think. <laughs> my my game <laughs> did on, nothing wrong. My game on the stream, I made a very obvious Steve mistake, and I when I charged my Eversur into the Basilisks and the Infantry Squad, that was entirely blame on me. I should have all the, the Overwatch that, and then that freedom of the Basilisks to shoot the Castellans. Yeah. That was all my bad. Yeah, the commentators could not figure out wh- why did, why did he blow up just now. Did the guardsman roll like twelve sixes and kill you? Like, nope. How is that even a thing? No, I literally ate a basilisk shot to the face. Uh, I declared a charge against everybody in radius, and I was like, "Well, hopefully he doesn't roll a six on his basilisk, and I have a four up invol. It'll be fine." Uh, I still have two wounds left. He might roll a one. Like the odds said that I probably would live. 
but but it's too close. Basically. Low sample sizes, and I had a sure way through that, and I didn't take the sure way. Yeah. I was just going to hit the basilisk, tie them up so they couldn't shoot. Castellans do more damage. Could have just piled in. Yeah, I could have just piled in. That was, and that's that's the thing I like about forty k now is there's tactical maneuvers that you have to make the right decision on, and they may, like, it's not like in seventh ed where the list can carry you. You can take a great list. You still have to make good plays, right? Anyways, sorry. Or just take um, the jump pack so where you the, can't be overwatched. Yeah, there's the that. last thing I want to say about the event is apparently um, taking four goblins and an orc list is something that no one does. Okay. So whenever people would play against me, they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And so I'd be like, all right, I just want to let you know, you got to be afraid of these fucking goblins. And then I would do something ridiculous and like a little bit dice dependent. So at one point I threw a goblin down with the, with the football. I was one square away from the end zone, all said and done. So against the Bretonian player, he ran in one of his blitzers, knocked him down, picked up the ball, but didn't have enough movement to get out of there. So I'm like, all right, so I have a knockdown goblin right beside a blitz, like a Bretonian blitzer with the ball beside the end zone. All I got to do is get an orc in there for an assist, and it's a single die block. Yeah. Get the orc in there for the assist, roll the single die block, it's a pow, knock him down, grab the ball, run in for a touchdown, and I'm like, what do you think now? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, this is rough. So then, uh, there's another point where, uh, like, he had the ball on the side of the pitch, and I had another goblin lined up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to blitz with the goblin. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the goblin runs in. I can't remember if it was two dice his favor or two dice my favor. Either way, rolled two pows. <laughs> and he's just like, god damn it. Like, these goblins. And then people get really fixated on the goblins and just start trying to kill them at all costs. Because they're just like... <laughs> and at the end of the day, they're shitty. <laughs> but small sample size. Exactly. Crazy shit happens. Totally. Totally, outliers happen. Right? And, and sometimes when you're playing Blood Bowl, I just like playing for the outliers because it's way funnier. Oh, yeah, totally. Or you're I like... Could, I couldn't agree more. And you're just like, okay, so I'm fucked. There's nothing I can do to stop this touchdown except for, like, diving my thrower through, like, three tackle zones to, like, try and send a blitz in, like, do this crazy shit like that. You just go for it. Yeah, if it's your only play, you just fucking go and for it. And the thing about worst it, case, I just fall down. The reason, the reason that you, well, I was going to say for the worst case for me, the the reason you do this though is is play these games because of the imagery. Even though my Eversert died to that Overwatch, the image of him eating a basilisk shot point blank to the face <laughs> no, is like for him having the fucking stones <laughs> to charge a <laughs> fucking and earth shaker cannon. Can you imagine those Imperial Guardsmen on that that crew being like, inclinate down, inclinate down. <laughs> but yeah. Slot is a hell of a drug. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but like, yes, friends on and slot. So great stories, great fun. I will say I did finish in the final four for the uh, pub crawl. Oh, yeah, that's good. Did you get an, did you get an award for that? Um, more more beer. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I, I got more drunk, but later in the evening. Yeah, Coop okay, Juice's Wild good. Ride is a great time. Yeah, absolutely awesome event. That's that's a ton of fun. I'm just happy I saw the end of it this year. Yeah, that I I made it to the end a couple of years. I did not this year at all. And apparently, no matter what the theme is, I have to bring the snowsuit. So oh, I forgot you even had that. It was a bit of a blurry pictures. night. Well, there was he also had like a weird hat or wig or something at one point. Oh yeah, I found a mullet from some guys from BC, and I was wearing that. For yeah, what was that all about? Summer. Where did they? Why were they wearing mullets? Were they probably Fubar? Were they it's probably a food bar thing. They had really tight shorts on. Were they playing in the events? LBO? Yeah, they were playing. <laughs> they were playing in the 30k event. Oh, 
<laughs> also, there was a fuck ton of Canadians on the pub crawl. Like, majority yeah. of the pub crawl was Canadians. Canadians yeah. yeah. I think it was John and AJ from, uh, from BC. Oh, yeah, I know John and AJ. John and AJ from BC. Those other Canucks. Yeah, so. But uh, I got to say, it was really funny. Just everywhere you go, there was more and more Canadians. Like, it's, I almost feel like there's more Canadians at this event per capita of the LVO than probably any other event in North America. Just desperately like, fleeing the snow. Yeah, it's, you're probably, you're probably like not it's wrong. Like, it's cheaper for us to go to Vegas for the weekend than to go to a tournament in Toronto. Yeah. Easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 like, Adepticon is very expensive to get to Chicago. For at least for Edmontonians, I don't think that we have a direct flight, so it's pretty brutal to get there. So LVO is a much better option if you want to go to a big event. So there's a lot of Albertans and BC, British Columbians, BConians is what I was going to say. Going BC, I, was, I don't, I don't even know what I was going to say. British Columbians. It's I'm still recovering. Yeah, a little bit. There you go. But all in all, uh, highlights was only taking down twelve models. Yep, can't say the same. Um, I didn't win best presentation, but there's a guy who had like a crazy display board made out of like I think it might have been multiple Skullvane Vance, Skullvane Vances. Those are back on sale again for Malign Portents. Cool. They've changed the name, but they're selling them again. Yeah, which I'm cool. super stoked for because hopefully they bring back the cottages because those are also sweet. Don't know about those, but Skullvane Vance has been renamed and is going back on sale. I will say probably the best piece of scenery, not functional in any way, but the coolest looking piece of scenery they've ever made. Is that the one that's on the weird tower? Yeah. It's got like the the divergent tower thing. It's got like the uh, observatory on. It's like 16 inches uh, fucking tall. Oh yeah, Yeah. it doesn't block any line of sight because it's on like a little spindly base. Yeah, it's got stilts. I know the one. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It's an amazing model. Absolutely horrific for gaming. Completely non-functional. No, I I would say it's not completely non-functional. It's just not particularly useful. Necromunda on a feral planet. Boom. Sure. Great for gaming. Yeah, by like 14 of them, I get some like walkways and Perfect. stuff. Perfect. Bam. Yeah. Would I'm the in. Orlocks end up on, I don't know, Fenris or something? Like, what's. <laughs> what's Make a, it super snowy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm stretching here. I don't think it's a great gaming piece of terrain. Caliban might actually make sense. Because we'll just play Age of Sigmar, and then it makes sense all the time. Yeah. All of the times. Correct, true. Mike, is this correct? Yep, it is. Okay. But there's no real, there's no line block in sight in Sigmar. Oh, okay. So, well there. Um, I think, like, there's more things that happened at LVO, but remembering them all and regurgitating them in one well, go. Well, Ward knows. <laughs> there was regurgitating involved, I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, Fact. Ward had some things happen to him, but that you're, you were saving you for last, best for last. Oh, things happened to me? That, no, 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 just the stuff. Well, there's photographic know. evidence of lots of things that happened to you, <laughs> but we're talking about the painting seminars. True. Uh, so over the weekend, over the three days, I attended six uh, different seminars from three different artists. So uh, Matt uh, DiPetrio, uh, did a blending class with him. I did three classes with uh, Angel Heraldes, uh, who does um, mainly all of Corvus Belli's uh, painting for the which box is art, Infinity. Which is Infinity. Uh, he's also now branching out to a lot of different stuff. Corvus Belli is not holding him into a contract uh, to be exclusive. He's doing a bunch of Malifaux stuff right now, a bunch of Kickstarters. Really? He's doing Malifaux? He can play he's the fields a yeah, little bit. Yeah, he's painting Ooh. a lot more stuff right now. Um, cool. And Get then I also wet. did a little bit of airbrushing with uh, Caleb Wassenbeck uh, from CK Studios, um, part of the Hobby Hangout, that sort of thing, so... 
Uh, yeah, uh, three bl brush blending, uh, or sorry, the blending class had three different techniques and we got to play with one of them. So there's the glaze blending, which I think most of us use, really thin coats and such. Uh, two brush blending, which I gotta get used to a little bit more having the... Let me know if you want to do it together. Two different brushes. So we can lick brushes. You know what, I think that was my least favorite technique. Oh, but it's it's probably one of the best. If Even though it has literally the most douchey hipster name... <laughs> It is so good. Fair enough, fair enough. And then there's also the wet blending, uh, which is more so you got the two colors on top of your model already uh, that are still uh, not completely dry, and you mix them together on the model itself. Um, but the biggest thing is that all of these are interchangeable at different points and stages of, of your painting process to the model, right? So Right tool for the right job. Correct. And the more that you know, the more tools you have in your toolbox. So um, the, the more you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was his, that, that was his class, <laughs> uh, and then the Caleb classes. Uh, I did two with him. I did um, airbrushing um, and then a blending class as well, uh, just to see if there was a, a slightly different version. And he did uh, it's called spit blending. So again, you're just using a little bit more moisture, um, not necessarily your spit itself. Uh, to blend the colors together. Um, very similar to, I would say, the glazing process. Uh, just yep. jumping up a few different like levels really quickly and then toning, throwing in the mid-tones in between. It's almost like a feather type thing. Yeah, yeah, I would say more so. It's it's kind of a combination of the wet blend slash glaze blending. But you can um, also do it with a bit of a, a spit blend, like two brushes well. It's yeah, yeah. So it's just a, a different tool in your in your toolbox. Yeah, all these uh, things have names so. that I that, that class <laughs> but like they're all so similar. Yeah. And that class was just me and one other student actually. Oh, so that's really cool. Me and Angel. Or sorry, not me and Angel, me and Israel. That was it. It was just the two of us with Caleb. Oh yeah, and Israel's a super beginner painter. Exactly, uh, right? He hardly so. ever wins major events. <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. I actually like hung out with He's a good guy. Israel like all weekend pretty he's much. Like, he's we a super cool guy. A lot of classes together. Um, and then I took three uh, with Angel Geraldes. Um And the cool thing about his classes is they had the uh, Harder and Steinbeck airbrushes uh, set up for everybody to use. Really? So everybody got their own airbrush to, to use for their classes. Well, uh, they make the Infinity Airbrush with the Infinity Studio Painter. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And then, Sponsored uh, event. Correct. Yeah. Um, so they had uh, airbrushes for everybody, and then we did a little bit of brush work. So we did a little bit with um, textures. Uh, so I attempted to do some... Old leather uh, on t on a uh, Malifaux model. I know it's I know it's podcasting, but you need to pass it around. Uh, That's so, an interesting one. So that was an interesting one. Um, biggest thing is like not any water mixed in uh, until you put a few of the the light glazes over top. So hmm. uh, then we did some uh, painting in Finji miniatures. So. Um, Getting directional like light sources. That was literally uh, called the painting infinity. Painting class. infinity, and there was two. There was two different ones. One you painted an orc, uh, and then the other one you painted a mobile brigada. Unfortunately, I didn't get to paint the mobile brigada, uh, but the orc armor and wh where you can hit it and how you can um, make certain areas pop on the on the armor and that sort of thing. So was Riva airbrush? Uh, quite the the initial base coast uh, base base coat was airbrushed on, uh, and then very, very Spent. layers of stippling. So, and that stipple, okay. huh. no water in your paint whatsoever. So you yeah. want a little bit of 3D Because you're getting the texture for that. That too, yeah. And then you I gotta say, thin, you airbrushed a, a light glaze over top, 
and then you would go back and spot glaze certain areas and such. This huh. totally looks like every Infinity box art piece. This is one of my. Uh, this is actually one of the, my favorite things you've done from like a base coat standpoint. I think that looks incredibly good, and also I think that looks quick. That was probably like fifteen minutes at the end of the class. Holy crap! Yeah, and it looks good. Maybe half an hour. So, like, it looks yeah. shockingly good. Like, I'm thinking. I know. I know. This is you know maybe a little bit uh, getting a little bit forward here, but some thousand suns. Oh yeah, that's, that's that's the game plan. That's not far off of that like Ariman Blue or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and um, the one of the big takeaways was just how he mixed um, his paints. He's got the same little plastic palette for the last four years that he mixes uh, the colors on, and then he and then he dumps it, and it's pretty much like almost straight liquid, and then he airbrushes and just little spots. Um, trigger action was a big thing uh, where you put place your finger to get control and how, Interesting. how you actually apply the paint. Um, so that was a big takeaway from, from that class. Uh, and then the last one that I did with him was the non-metallic metals. And that, he unfortunately didn't have like any silvers or anything like that from Vallejo, uh, grays or, or what have you. But um, the, uh, the concept is the same if you do it in a color. So if you did like a metallic green like I, I did on the leg on, on the model here, um, just basically building up like high contrast areas and making sure that there was enough lines of light in between dark areas so it looked reflective and such. Yeah, you're getting some of the secondary reflections See, rather than just big dark patches. Exactly. To so. me, I think, I'm not sure that looks metallic. That just looks very nicely highlighted. <laughs> and I, I, it's always what I, that's always what I struggle with with non-metallic metals no matter what. Unless you are, like, a superhero. I think with that, though, like, if you were to throw in, like, other textures, uh, like cloths and, and things of that nature, yep. I think that you might, might be be able to get more of a metallic look to it. Uh, I'd have to try the technique with actually grays and such to see. Yeah, I think you need well to paint with, fake so. reflections almost. Into well, it. and ultimately, a lot of the times when you're doing a non-metallic metal, you're not edge highlighting. Yeah, like the actual edge of a surface is not where you're highlighting. You're mm-hmm. highlighting some sort of thing to highlight a reflection within a flat surface. Or yes, whatever, yeah. and that's kind of where where most people fall flat with non-metallic metal is that it is... That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I was trying to like laugh silently. It didn't work. It's <laughs> one of my favorite puns of the day. Um, is that... Like, really, it's typically, like, the middle of surfaces where you're getting the strongest reflections. Yeah. Well, I got, actually, um, from one of the judges for the painting contest, I got compliments on the way I did my non-metallic metal on the bus sword. Yeah, and it was not near the edge. No. No. At all. Yep. So. Um, Anyways, point is, that's cool. All that stuff looks great. I think the, the orc in the blue is super stunning. And if you can do that in 15 minutes, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is unreal. And uh, the trick with that one, too, is the you get, like, a nice deep base blue, and you start mixing turquoise. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that I always struggle with, and I, I've, I've always, and I, I find beginner painters always have trouble with this, is s- smooth blends are one thing, but you need to have smooth blends across contrast. Like, it's really easy to make a smooth blend between two very similar colors, mm-hmm. uh, but when you do, like, what you've done there, that's what gives you the lighting effect. And you have to do that contrast blend quickly, like across a small armor plate, not across, you know, a very large surface because it's not very dramatic. And I think that is a perfect example of how to do that. And you're also, like, ultimately, 
most people, and it's very similar to the Namatog Metal bit that I just said, most people, like, choose their highlights based on edges of things. Yeah. Whereas, with that, it's directional lighting. Yeah, it's it's about angles more than it's about edges. Yeah. Like, quite quite a bit of the model is actually still, like, that initial blue color, like, especially, like, yeah, underneath. Yeah, totally. Uh, he liked to go with this area in the in the crotchal region there. So it's a good it's a good region. Yeah. So well, we get the triangle that way. You quite, know, like the crotch, quite dark. Get the face, like the cross, goes from the crotch to the head and the shoulders. Right. You get that that visual interest, mm-hmm. but it's got to start at the peen. Okay. Overall, like other thing, other other uh, bits and pieces of the weekend. Like uh, what was surprising is some of the secondary games uh, didn't have the attendance that was expected. Yeah, it's a little bit of a downer. So, um, you're I, right, Hawk. All the Hawk games were a little bit uh, I think unfortunate. That's I think they pulled limbo. out. They yeah. pulled out. And was it uh, effective? And I think that yeah. a, when they did that, I think a lot of their gamers did that. Like I, yeah, no, it was the numbers were double or triple in some instances, and they got draw. People just didn't show. There was more people playing hot games at onslaught than there was at the LVO. Yes, yeah, local Edmonton tournament. There was way more people to play drop zone. So I, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. Uh, X-Wing looked like it had a really big turnout. Infinity looked awesome. Infinity tables looked fantastic. They yeah. were super rad. They were right beside Blood Bowl. And I'm like, never in my life have I ever actually considered playing Infinity until, until that there. moment. It was like, yeah. there was this one that was like the interior of like either a bulkhead or a spaceship or something. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it looked fun to play on. Oh, totally. The, the, uh, the MicroArt Studio terrain, if you have that done up remotely well it looks so good like Mike's we've got one of the buildings I did up if you had a whole table of that holy crap that's cool check out the I got war- the noodle house check out yeah, the Warsaw terrain Tom and like I'm still not going to do it because I got an entire 40k army to work on you got you, a bit ahead of you. But you only need like a dozen models. Yeah, but I'm working on a toy camera right now. <laughs> and Think 20, about it. It's like a and two dozen army. pieces of terrain. <laughs> yeah, you're that's right. That, that's, that's, that's what kills you. Uh, How about this? Other LVO uh, bits and pieces. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the vendors this year. I didn't feel like there was the same caliber as last year. Last so. Yeah, but last year you had um, Secret Weapon, uh, Kumi or not. Um, what else was there? Yeah, but why the fuck weren't they there this year? Like, yeah, that's a great question. Because the Forge World booth was pretty cool. It was about the same as last year. Forge World booth didn't really like it, it, But either way, it was that yeah. wasn't there the year that I was there. There was no True. Games Workshop. It was there last two year. Years ago. The, the setup was interesting because it was kind of its own contained area, which was okay because they could block it off at night and the vendors didn't have to worry about it. It was in a better area than before. Yeah, I, I agree. Rather than right in the middle of the, the, the floor, that yeah. sort of thing. Way better area. Um, but again, yeah, some of the vendors just were like, meh. I mean, I spent a little bit of money, but nowhere nearly as much as I was ready to spend or the amount that I spent. Like on year. Sunday, you and I were walking around, and I was trying to find a reason to spend money. Yeah. And I just couldn't. That's that's a rarity in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I bought a couple t-shirts. I bought a battle foam case because it was cheap there and I didn't have to pay for shipping. To oh, unre- to Canada. Yeah. Unrelated, we could talk about that. Uh, and then I bought the Anubis uh, Shapeways, head Shapeways stuff. Yeah. And that was it. And that's all I needed to spend yeah. money on there. All I bought was the a couple patches from the Blood Bowl organizers to make my vest even cooler. Yeah. Um, that same little LVO swag case that you guys got mm-hmm. um, in your high roller package. Turns and out you could have also just waited for me to win something and you could add it. Yeah, whatever. It was like 40 bucks. 
<laughs> and I don't need all your winnings, Steve. You already gave me the 170 yeah. fucking dollar model. Because, um, yeah, I think I spent 150 bucks all said and done. And then I it. spent $10 on those orc objective, um, like MDF tokens. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think we're all glazing over the fact that we spent a ton of money on the high roller package. Was I that didn't. Actually, uh, that's true. That's true. I probably spent more uh, gas money driving around town looking for Vallejo paints than you guys did at LVO lately. Probably. Because apparently yeah. nobody in this fucking city carries Vallejo air anymore. Yeah. That's true. Except for... Everyone sells game color and game air. Wholesale. But Hobby Wholesale, Hobby wholesale is the furthest away, so that's the one I wanted to go to last. Mm, and then okay. the best part, I bought Flow Improver in my Hull Red, and the Hull Red made it inside my house and onto the hobby table. Who the hell knows where that jar of flow improver went? <laughs> so I drove all the way around the city, made three separate stops in like bitterly cold, shitty weather. Do you and think one of the two paints that I bought, I fucking lost between the car and the house. Is it inside a paper towel tube? I, ha- oh, I haven't looked inside any paper towel tubes, but there also aren't paper towel tubes anywhere near remotely like where it should be. Okay. Well, just saying, last year. And it's not a Raven Guard flow improver. Raven Guard are good at hiding. That's true. That's true. That Raven Guard model did hide excellently. So for like three weeks. I think for me, um, the punchline for the LVO for myself is I still have one more. Are we, are we going to talk about painting contests at this point in time? Uh, can we do that right after? Sure. Okay. Um, so for me, it's the exact same take home that I had last time, where I think if you want to play in the biggest 40k event uh, in North America or potentially the world. Go to the LVO. It's like not potentially the world. The world is okay. Yeah. Sure, the biggest 40k tournament in Two the world. Two years in a row, they've set the record. I want to go to the biggest 40k tournament on the moon. <laughs> well, either on. way. So if if you that is always going to be a draw for you. If you're going to the LVO for another game system outside of 40k champs, only go if you also want to enjoy Vegas. The con itself was pretty good. Yeah. Right. But what I found the most enjoyable was socializing with people from all over the world in it's, Vegas. It's not Gen Con, it's not Adepticon. It's no. a gaming tournament in Vegas. The 40K side rivals Gen Con or Adepticon for any of their tournaments. What's bigger than both, the, that's without a doubt. But yeah, you're totally right. If you're going to go play X-Wing at Vegas and you don't want to go to Vegas, you just want to play in a tournament, why are you not going to uh, Literally Con? anywhere else. Gen Con would be the place to go. Like because go to again, yeah. Fantasy Flight will be there. And, yeah. and or Nova things. or whatever. And or you could go to your Roseville, Minnesota, you know, worlds and stuff like that. Because that's be where Fantasy Flights are. More expensive right? to get to. Yeah, I think that's a lot of connecting flights, and they're like yeah. an hour outside of the town with the airport kind of thing. It's, I, it's bad. I feel that. I don't know if this is 100% correct to say, but I feel that LVO is a bigger social contract to go to than some of the other gaming events. 100%. Right? So you're there to be social and game rather than you're there to game and check out what's new from that company. But sure, that's what that's what Frontline has always pushed, right? Is come to a hardcore tournament and have fun, which is the whole thing that I feel like we've always missed here locally and it's changing. But for a long time, locally, it was always like, Tournaments are not fun. They are here to pl- you're here to play uh, hardcore games and kick the shit out of the opponent. But there's no reason why you can't do that and be nice about it. You know, yeah, and then go out for a beer afterwards. Which is exactly what the LVO is, which is why I've been going for five years and I've slowly tapered off some of my local events. Um, and like I said, that's changing. I'm going to play in a lot more local events this year. Um, that's because of your record, though. It's true. <laughs> Evidently, you need some work. 
true. I need a little bit of I need, like a, I need, like, a Rocky montage here. Uh, Just, like, have your ad make, like, lifting logs in the Russian countryside. Exactly. <laughs> no, like... I like it. It's a phenomenal event. Like, go play 40K, and you know what? If you lose your first game, you're not in the running for the champs anymore, but you're going to play a bunch of players that know what they're doing and are going to have fun. And I think for me... If I go to the LVO again, and it's really not an if, it's a when, it's going to be for 40K. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the way the game has gone and, and changed so much in the last little bit, I think that's a no-brainer. Like, I think, I think that's, yeah, what you should do. Right? So, it's going to happen. The question is whether or not it's next year or the year after. Yep. It's not really an if, it's a win. Yep. If they keep doing it like this, for sure. And ultimately, the real question is, how the fuck am I transporting plague drones? If any of you have a great solution <laughs> for transporting 6 to 12 plague drones, let me know. Well, you spend your command points and you just deep strike them to Vegas. <laughs> That's not a bad plan. Uh, <laughs> Shoebox? <laughs> like, holding it in your hands while you go through security? I feel like Put everything need, else in a box. I feel like we need to do like tests on eggs again and like drop them from height and like the, <laughs> oh. the science experiments as kids. And, yeah, like junior high physics class. Yeah, yeah we'll totally. find out the best way to transport those uh, drones. That's for sure. In case oh. in elastic bands. <laughs> I am not looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, those models are going to be brutal. But anyways, we should move on. So moving on. Um, so one of the things that happened day one at the LVO was the Games Workshop seminar, which is something that I don't think they've done. No. In North America. No, they, they've done it at uh, Nova. Uh, Nova was the first... Uh, so they've Gamma just... Done Gamma, they've done it? Yeah, they've done they've done these seminars before, like these pre-release. But only in the last couple years. Yeah, they, they probably... You know what? Going back 10 years, probably did it back then. Um, like some of the big... But they used to not even do this shit at Games Day. True. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like these kind of seminars is they something... They do the Forge World seminars. They did those back in the day. Yeah, but these kinds of seminars are not a common occurrence in North America. That's true. Right? Totally true. So, for them to take time on Thursday night and be like, hey, this is what's happening. Coming up in our game. In our game. Go. And then they honestly sat, they stood there for probably 35 minutes answering questions. Yep. And for the most part, the question was, when are these coming out? When are these coming out? I'm on my plastic sisters of battle. When are these coming out? And of course, which is fair. Which is Every, totally fair. Everybody but, wants their toys. But like the question, the answer was always, "We can't comment on that." Yeah. Radio and, although, so we've already established that by registration, I was a little bit ine- inebriated. Mm-hmm. Right. This is part of the story. Yeah. Um, this was after registration, like immediately afterwards. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, is and I'm there? seeing all the shit about like Age of Sigmar, two pictures of Marty K. Let's clarify here. Oh, no, plus four tiki drinks. Yeah. Um, that was four, two pitchers of margaritas, yeah, not just two margaritas. Oh, no. Well, they were a little shared, but th- not really. A third pitcher got ordered when other people showed up. Either way. Was, was that three pitchers? <laughs> Either way. I was a little intoxicated, and everyone's like, when are these coming out? And so I'm just like, fuck it. Do you guys have any idea about anything or like what's happening with Blood Bowl in the future? And their response, for the best of my recollection, and was confirmed by other people in the room, Okay, was... We know what the next team is. We've played with them. They're really cool. That's a... Uh, Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of fair. Like, if they're too... 
a little too early for that kind of release. Uh, yeah, no, totally. But I was like, it. my inebriated but self they, they was probably, like, fucking, I'm just sitting there like, mm-mm. They mm-mm. probably wanted you to be like, oh, we're still working on Blood Bowl. We haven't dropped support for it. Yeah, no, and that's right. absolutely, to expect more than three teams a year is excessive. Sure, yeah. Right. But at the same time, I know what you mean, where you're like, and the team is? <laughs> Go on. Uh, uh, How uh, pointy exactly are their ears, yeah. for starters? Well, they just released a pointy-eared team, so we're probably going to be seeing Nurgle. Uh, I would imagine a Nurgle team, based on like the love Nurgle's getting right now. Oh, I would I would hope for Lizardmen. Interesting Seraphon. Uh, but no one wants fucking Pikachu porn in, in Blood Bowl. Like, we don't need that shit. <laughs> Seraphon. <laughs> like, greatest deviant art artist of all time. Like, the most deviant art, deviant art artist of all time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but, so you guys have taken a look at the... Because uh, I think I was the only one that was physically in there. Oh, yeah. Ward and I were having a great time talking to other human beings that all <laughs> commented on our great times the following day. <laughs> um, uh, unrelated, I, I walked out like a few minutes before it fully wrapped up, and there was like some Warhammer TV guys there with a camera. And they're like, hey, you want to be on TV? I guarantee you they did not use that footage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, having a good time. <laughs> I guarantee I was like... Because so, I was so angry, but I was trying to, like, not be that guy. <laughs> so, like, everything I said was just, like, completely non-committal bullshit, to the best of my recollection. It might have just been incoherent babbling. Yeah, probably was. Probably was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guarantee you that footage is never being used. Uh, Good. I'm Perfect. just having the, like, flashback of Leonardo DiCaprio, like, driving the car back home. It's like, oh, I made it in one piece. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. So good. Uh, Fun fact, he did not make it home in one piece. No. But uh, we got the sneak preview for three new codexes for 40K. Yeah, which Mike and I, I'm sure, are happy about. Oh, yeah, I I have all three. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I'm happy about one. I really don't care about the other two. They they could have released any three books, and Mike would be like, hey, three for three. (laughs) They're all the ones I play. The only one that you don't currently give a fuck about is Plastic Sisters of Battle, because you don't have them yet. Yeah. Yeah, true. No, I don't have Custodes either. I'm kind yet. Of, he's thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly give you three months because that's when you're going to be done your Death Guard. Remember, he said that he plays for both teams, so. Yeah, I did. He's our second <laughs> man. That's true. Okay, so, so the three new codexes are. First codex is Drakari. Second codex is? Uh, I believe Necrons, and then the, oh. after that's Tau. Oh. So which one are you the most excited for, Mike? Tau, actually. Yeah. yeah. What? Actually, you know what? I get that. Tau was the, uh, Tau was one of your first armies you played way back in the day. Yeah, like for I, I, won, against, uh, I won the GT, uh, the yeah. 2002 GT. I played against Mike. That, that he year. had Canadian. I don't remember that. Famous. You know that? Oh, I played yeah. against him. Tau. It did. That yeah, was the. I the, didn't win. Oh, <laughs> that was the Tau that made it into uh, the Canadian White Dwarf supplement. Yeah. No, no, it made it catalog. into the White Dwarf, White and Dwarf. it made it into the uh, catalog too. Yeah. Oh, it didn't go just the supplement. That that was my. I was I was wanted to get into the White Dwarf and. Ta-da! Yeah, Bam. I did it. Bang. Nice. So, okay, I'm surprised you didn't say Drakari. Oh, actually, you know what? It makes sense because Drakari you need the most in terms of uh, rules update. And I yeah. think Mike's got a bit of a love-hate with his Drakari because like, they're yeah. the origins of one of his most hated Shh, nicknames of all time. Me. Stop talking. That's <laughs> true. Oh, yeah, one of the things I won, Void Raven Bomber. Yeah, that's I. I actually want to buy that and paint it because it looks so cool. Oh, and the rules for it are so good. The mortal wounds. You roll a dice for each yeah. uh, model in the unit, up to ten dice. Uh, on a three plus, you do a mortal wound. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, once Whoa. per game, you drop the void ray. Okay, once per game. All when right. When you move over it, 
you can drop the bomb, but you still have missiles and the dark sides, which are crazy good. They're minus one to hit. They got a good save. Five up involved with night shields. They're they're no joke. The Void Ravens. I need twenty storm boys. <laughs> yes, you definitely. Uh, the flies can assault in close combat, and they kind of don't give a fuck about a single mortal wound. No, and also, uh, yeah, because it would be six d six. I could potentially on three plots kill two. Yeah, that would be about it. But right. you well, get, how many? You get no, it's, it's one mortal wound. One, but per model in the unit, so it'd be six d six on a three plus. So if all of them were three pluses, they'd kill. Are they three wounds or four wounds? Four wounds each. Oh yeah, so they and he gets his feel no pain. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I wor- almost worst case scenario, I lose one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The so dark side will be the weapon. Over that. And then, <laughs> because of all the other bullshit in Nurgle, leadership ten, rolling two d six for leadership. All of a sudden, I've got a better chance of getting one back than no, anything I else. I know. <laughs> so, anyways, my point is, uh, Drakari need the most work. I think yep. Tau, a Necro- uh, Necrons are pretty. You know, they're in a bad spot too. But yeah. But they all needed work, and it's great to see, like, as much as I wanted some Orc love right away, that index is totally playable. Oh, yeah. No, there were a lot of great places with, uh, like, people that placed in the top, ton of top 50 Orc lists. Yeah. Uh, they did better than Mechanicum overall. Uh, well, you're kind of bringing the team down, Steve. No, there's no <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I am. I am. But Mechanicum were, were not are not doing great. Mechanicum struggle a lot in the ITC with all the terrain and needing to be mobile to score. Yeah. Orcs don't have that problem because they not don't really care about shooting. Nope. And they're pretty mobile with like the jump, uh, with their psychic powers, that kind of stuff. So I think yeah. I think, yeah, all those codexes to see them being the next three is pretty sweet. Hopefully they don't don't fuck it up for my wonderful dark elf. And I imagine we're probably going to have all of them up by the end of March. Uh, yeah, because it was probably going to be two weeks from the Thousand Suns for the Drakari. Maybe three. Because the following week is going to be Age of Sigmar for death. Yeah. And also, uh, Dark Elves for Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Was also yeah. yeah. And they look good. Yeah, but I don't think they, they're probably not going to be releasing any new models for, like, the Drakari. So, like, it's just a codex, one week release next Saturday. Uh, yeah. It looked, the only ones that they previewed from 40k were yeah. the, the new Cryptech. Knight and the Cryptech. Yeah. yeah. So, the, like, I don't think any of these things are getting new models. At all. Uh, I'm, I kind of feel like the Daughters of Cain might be. Oh, the Daughters of Cain. The Daughters of Cain. Yeah, but absolutely. That's, that's the AOS. We're talking about the 40K yeah, but I, That's why I'm jumping into, into AOS. Oh, like, okay, right. Well, I'm just saying for the codices, they can just do a Saturday release, and then the next Saturday they can do a, AOS. Like, it, yeah. it's not going to be, like, you know, large, weak spans to try and get people... But that was the thing. The Daughters of Cain look good. Yeah, they do. Like, really, really good. Yeah, they really are impressive. That's actually one of the first factions for Age of Sigmar where I've been like, uh, maybe... I was of all the realms. I was really curious to see what they did with Shadow. Yeah, and these are these are yep. Shadow aligned. So yeah, I've always liked that kind of like the for Dark Age. I play Shadow Case Dragiri. Like I, I like that kind of aesthetic. Um, I think you can do cooler stuff with the paintwork with you know purples and blacks and that kind of stuff. So I'm interested to see what they that whole faction ends up working out like. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, they did confirm we have Fire Slayers and Skaven coming out for. Um, Warhammer Underworlds, yeah. which is the secret that everyone knew. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was not really a surprise to anyone. They did go into a little bit more detail about the malign portents. And the campaign. And the campaign, which looks pretty fucking cool, to be honest. What, was the something of Solstice? The Dread Solstice. Dread Solstice. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've always liked their GW worldwide campaigns. Um, I think they do a good job. 
I don't know, Mike, you, you're really the only AOS player. Yeah, but I've never played in a campaign, so I only had half to play in there. Okay. Mike, I have something special to tell you as well. What? I picked up some AOS. No. I, yep. pick, I picked up a undead Get Started box. No. I did. No. Huh? Huh? I did. I did. What's going on? Well, everybody, everybody's back. That, happy family. That, that arc <laughs> in the black model finally got to me, and with all this new stuff with Nagash coming out here right away, I was just like... Is Ark in the Black ah. in, in Age of Sigmar? Because didn't Cetra, like, murder the shit out of him? I think they all murdered each other. Equally. Yeah, but then they all were like, eh, and And reborn. <laughs> okay. How dare they murder so, the, the mo- dead people to death? The mo- I thought Arkin betrayed Nagash to go back to Cetra, and then Cetra fucking murdered him anyway. That sounds it's like, well, you were a traitor to me first, so you're still dead. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be some interesting stories with the Nag- Nagash tome coming out here right away. So. I Joe. want Cetra to come back. Oh, me too. With they do Tomb Kings for Age of Sigmar. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's going to happen. It's dead. Yeah, Cetra kind of went, like, nuts at the end when he was just like, I'm just going to go wander off into the Chaos Realms and just murder the Chaos Gods next because I'm so cool. Yep. Yeah. I don't kneel for nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So either way, it was really cool. Um, we we still we you, we completely glazed over the thing that I'm most excited for in this. Well, no, we didn't. Drakari's mo- I'm most excited for the knight. The knight, the armager knight, is super cool, and the background for it sounds amazing. All I know is what he looks like when he slowly rotates. Yeah. So fill me in, bro. So the the premise with that is it's basically le- even like lesser nobles or. Um, uh, the bastard sons of noble kings, yeah. like the outcasts and like, like the shitty dregs of the noble houses. Oh, this guy's good at fighting. Let's give him a uh, knight, and they're like, even though we hate knights. him and he has no high birth, <laughs> uh, we'll give him the worst knight suit. So free birth scum, basically. Yes. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. So like the it. idea behind it's going to be a lighter uh, knight, the lightest of them yet. So somewhere between a knight and a dreadnought. Okay. Um, so everybody's kind of, you know, speculating online, like in that two hundred to maybe three hundred point range. Um, probably like eighteen wounds, quite quick. Is a lot of the guess, like maybe fourteen, sixteen inch movement, um, which adds a lot of uh, interest to a lot of the night houses because having the ability to take two or three knights and then maybe two or three of the smaller ones and have a little bit more scoring. Maybe even four. A little bit more yeah. speed, a little bit more numbers. Yeah, that makes a lot of couple sense. A couple of Crusaders just sit back and shoot, and I mean, they, it looks like they kind of got some sort of thermal cannon going on, and the carapace mount looks like a thermal cannon. I don't know what they're going to do with that the mini Reaper chainsword and what close combat weapon option is going to have. Uh, it also looks like they may be able to be closely aligned to Mechanicum of uh, uh, knight households. Yeah, he's he's in the red with the chevron striping color yeah. schemes. So. so depending on how the the rules work out for that, that could be really interesting for knight players. Like I've got three knights, and they're, they're a very middle-of-the-road army. Like They hit hard, they do a ton of damage, but they don't have enough bodies and enough mobility to really help out. This could be the answer that a lot of knight players... Especially if you're getting almost a two-to-one. I think that's kind of the sweet spot. Well, the Crusader's 512 points, right? With the Thermal Cannon and the Avenger. So if he's in the 300-point range even, you know, like the single knight with the um, uh, Thunderstrike Gauntlet and Chainsword, which is by far the worst knight option, no shooting whatsoever is 389. So he's got to be below that, is my guess. I would love, like, 250 base, 300 kitted out. Yeah, that's probably reasonable. Um, So... 
that would be super cool to see and I think would add so much utility to night players uh, and bring them back up to the top. Or nearer the top. I don't think it's going to be whatever right. top tier. So yeah, the punchline for me and a lot of it was it was great that they did it. Um, only downside was it, it didn't feel like a cohesive presentation. It kind of felt like two guys clicking a slide and then talking about it based on what they knew. Like it didn't feel very prepared. Um, huh. Like sitting in there. Like it was kind of weird. I I read the the this is what we talked about at LVO, and that seemed like a more cohesive write up of well, what like the they talked about. Community post. Well, the article was for sure written in advance. Yep. Um, now I'm gonna put this out here. I was a little inebriated, so <laughs> like if I wasn't following what they were putting down particularly well, it could have been on me. Fair, but I don't think I was so far gone that it, it felt like whenever Privateer Press does their big thing at Lock and Load. Uh, it's normally a, a big production, and they go through very methodically what's going on. Lots of images, lots of videos, lots of content. This is kind of like photo of the Tau Codex. This is next. Photo of the Necron Codex. This is next. And like it kind of was about it. Um, but any criticisms that I have are completely outweighed by the fact that this is Games Workshop reconnecting with the community, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I. I could totally like that's not their job is my my rebuttal like, yeah nobody in that studio or community team is meant to like that's not what they're doing right like their presentations to a room of nerds full of like that's not going to reach a ton of people the idea behind that is to say yeah we're here we want to talk with you and then we're also going to do our professional release to the rest of the world you know yeah. like it's just it's just fan service right yeah and, and I think that's important like you need to know that Okay, I'm going to invest $500 in this this army. I'm going to invest $1,000 in this army. The people that are producing this actually care about the fact that I just put $1,000 in this, and I care about it, too. But what I will say is I will not go to one of these again. Really? When the next day I get a more... Like, okay, so the Q&A, they really didn't say anything. Yeah, well, you you got to expect that they're no, going No, which to. is fair. Yeah. Like, that there's only so much they can say, but, like... They really didn't say anything. You know what? I'll actually, I, I, you, you're kind of right, and I'll agree with you. When you're in Vegas, and you've got only limited time to like have fun, see Vegas, do the sights, uh, you know, whatever you're doing in the in the town that you're in, that makes sense. Okay, maybe that's not the best uh, way to spend your time when you can check it in the morning in ten minutes. Yeah, and that's honestly all it comes down to is I wouldn't do it again at the LVO. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. Because I can go do anything else. If it was here famous. on a Thursday, would you go? Of course, because it's Edmonton. Yeah. Okay. That's totally... That makes sense <laughs> to me. That makes sense to me. Right? Yeah. It also never would happen here. Well, you never know. We had the Black Library Expo. In Chestermere, Alberta. That's way weirder than Edmonton. Yes, you're not wrong. Um, okay, so other than that, it's there's a lot of cool new stuff coming out. A lot of stuff to be excited about. Holy shit, we haven't really talked about anything other than the Games Workshop product yet. Um, I very briefly talked about Battletech, so I got that you in. You said we, you built Battletech We model. did mention Invaders. You got a Battletech t I did paint some non-GW stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, True. Wow. True. You painted a little bit of drop fleet. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, I was going to say, though, like, cool. I wanted to talk about Cool Mini or not, all about all the crazy stuff I bought at their booth, but they just weren't there. I love the Dark Age sculpts, and I would have actually still bought a bunch of those. I would have probably bought into Dark Age, just like you guys, had they been there. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Where they're like, here's a demo. Here's all these brand new, sweet looking models. Oh, yeah. I, I was so excited to pick up some of the new air case stuff for Dragiri. Um, and now I'm kind of like, well, I still have a lot of Mechanicum to paint. Like, eh, I still have a lot of Dragiri to paint. We are impulse buyers. Yeah, I Opportunity mean, I'm lost. Kinda, I, anyways, that was my one thing I was going to say about another game system is, why the hell weren't you at the LVO? <laughs> right? While I was playing a Games Workshop game. <laughs> no, but that's just it. it it's, honestly, it honestly feels more and more like the LVO is turning into one of the big Games Workshop events in yeah, North I America. I agree. Which, considering the fact that we're all going into that, like, back into that relationship again, um, I feel like, like moment, my, moment my friends tell me not to do it. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. It's they true. don't hate me anymore. <laughs> I feel like so. Yeah. There's some weird parental. I, I didn't do anything wrong. They're back together. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Catalina wine. <laughs> um, They're but, bringing me new presents. Yeah, exactly. Right? Hands, <laughs> crossbows, <laughs> Chewbacca masks. <laughs> Anyways, okay that mine's not movie quality. <laughs> good movie as a side note. If you haven't seen it, very good movie. Step Brothers. Yes. So let's finish it. Let's finish this episode off because you know we don't want to go too too long with. Uh, they did actually have a painting competition at the LVO. Yep. Um, which had a really cool format, I thought, where there was the journeyman and the masters. Well, there was actually three uh, young, three young categories. Bloods. Yeah, this, there was young bloods, which I think was anybody fourteen and under. Uh, there was a journeyman, which was kind of like um, I paint as a hobbyist. I'm not a professional painter. And then there was a master class uh, group, and within each of those, those were split into uh, single unit and large. Um, and you could enter uh, into each of the categories. Um, you had to stick to, like, if you were, you couldn't enter one in journeyman and one in master class. That was not okay. If you entered one in master class, they were all in master class. Yeah. Um, so there were some very good entries. There was um, uh, Kill Wessenbach, or what? I can't say his last name. Yeah. Um, Matt DiPietro. DiPietro. They all entered the, the master class side of things. Uh, there were some phenomenal entries. The uh, Inuit uh, bust was really well done. Um, I really liked the plinth on that. Um, and that was DiPietro's, I believe. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was the winner. Yeah, so they, had, they did it as a merit system, so a lot like uh, Lock and Load, where you have a... Um, uh, gold, silver, and bronze, and there can be multiple golds, there can be multiple bronzes, yep. there can be like whatever they think. It's not forced to be a one, two, three. Yeah. Um, however, they did do a best of category and best of show. Okay. Um, so Very much like lock and load. Exactly like lock and load. So they called the merit-based system um, and uh, sort of, you know, float my own boat a little bit here. I managed to uh, pick up a bronze in the single single fig in Masterclass, a silver for my army unit Castellans, my new ones that I painted in a week, so that oh, was wow. cool, yeah. in unit, and I picked up a gold for my uh, Prince Rurik in Masterclass Large. Um, so the winner of that category was uh, Israel Sanchez with his Barracuda, or uh, the man- Manta, uh, the Manta, which in fairness, yes... <laughs> That's yes. so big. You should have seen also the work that he did to it. Was it was incredible? The and everything it was immaculate. Like it was it, not only was it painted exceedingly well. Every Tau Fire Warrior was painted to a gold standard within it, like seated. 
and the ethereal that was sitting at the front, like everybody's seen that manta, right, where it's got the yeah. uh, crew ca- uh, compartment that comes off, and the man- uh, that there's a f- ethereal sitting there. He had uh, had it redone in uh, like a 3D print that was clear resin, and then lit it from below. So, so it looked like, like a hologram. A, it looked like a projection of an ethereal talking to his fire warriors. It was Whoa. obscenely yeah. well done. Um, so. The fact, the fact of the matter is I'm, ex, like, ecstatic for the fact that I could get a gold in a category with, like, DiPietro, Wissenbach, like, all those guys that are world-class painters that I oh, yeah. was in the running, even in the, you know, in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm exceedingly happy about that. But the, the, the contest itself was actually really cool. Like, people were coming by, dropping off their models, getting a lot of uh, feedback from some of these really, uh, really, really top-notch artists. Um, like I don't know, do you guys get a chance to see any of the pieces that were in there? Like I know we were talking about one of those Infinity models. I was yeah, I was in there for a while. Um, I I liked how they they did the format this year, where the format before was just like, oh, here's a case, you can't see them. Like they were like in front of you. Um, yeah, they had that little weird case that was just kind of like blocked off. Yeah, so th- this year it was quite a bit more open. Uh, they took time judging. They talked to you. They gave you a lot of feedback this year mm-hmm. as well. They and judged for like four hours. They were in there for a while. The doors were locked for quite a while. Um, but I do also like that like everybody that qualified for that level got a gold token, a silver token, a bronze token, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's it's re- still rewarding you for your progress and it didn't feel like that it was basically just a small group of people all like patting each other on the back this year. There was quite a quite an openness to it, which I appreciated. So I feel that they did a lot of good with the Hobby Hangout compared to the Gamers Lounge last year. The Gamers Lounge last year straight up just was bad. It was bad, but the, the Hangout was good. They had like paints. You could come hang out. They had speed painting rounds. Yeah. You could talk to some of the artists that were in there. So it was, it was a very welcoming atmosphere for sure. So and I was surprised at how many rooms there were for hobby content. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like that entire side, if it was a, if it was a room... Rooms, yeah. Yeah, all the small palace it rooms were court classes or events and the small or, palace rooms weren't aren't small. Uh, we should also mention that, like we're talking about twenty to forty person rooms. Yeah, easily. We're talking about this in comparison S- to size of the li- living room and down here, your basement. Yeah, easily. Place. If not, yeah, because everybody could see that ward. That's true. Well, I'm just saying. Well, the rooms are honestly uh, probably about a thousand to fifteen hundred square feet. Yeah, that's bigger than Steve's basement. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not quite 1,500 square feet, but the point is, they're, they're large, large areas, like, these aren't just the small rooms off to the side, like, you're not in a closet, and they had multiple of these running the classes, and then also the hobby hangout. Like, it was, it was very well done for the hobby a- aspect of things. Um, I hope that continues next year, for sure. Yeah, I told Reese, I said, you guys gotta really push the, I was actually talking to Reese and Frankie, and I said, you guys need to push the hobby aspect, because you're do- this is the best year it's ever been, um, and... Especially when you want to talk about bringing up, you know, the quality of the the top tables and get, getting the players that are on the stream to have well painted armies and you know take the hobby seriously, you need to really emphasize it in your event so that you know that does sort of cross over. You yep. you may not expect you know um, the Nick Nonamani's that don't really care about painting but are a great player. Like I don't want to have those people excluded, but I'd love to see some of like the you know. Eighth place guy at the LVO has an extremely well painted army, um, or not even extremely. That's not f- like high tabletop standard. Just like it looks great. Yep, yep, totally, totally, hundred percent. I'd love to see them keep pushing that. 
Um, and, you know, being able to enter a model from your army into a journeyman contest, get feedback from some of the best in the world, um, still have that competition thing if you like that, but not have anybody, you know, feeling like, oh, I didn't get anything, I'm not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like getting a bronze and then being able to see next year getting a silver or whatever is super cool. Especially if you're a journeyman. Like let's say you don't want to go to like a higher competition standard for yeah. individual model painting. You like paint your army to one standard, enter one model. If it was a bronze last year, try and paint everything next to a silver level. Yeah. Right? In the journeyman. Because I yeah. think if you were approaching, this is what I loved about the journeyman aspect of it. If you wanted to use that as a gauge for where your army painting was at, the journeyman was the one to do it. Because like all of a sudden the yeah. standards, what a bronze is, is much more attainable. And they're less critical about all the nuance that you find in competition painting. Oh, you should do display bases. No, these are gaming models. Well, that's one of the things that I wanted to say is, uh, you know, I've, one of the things I've learned, so the, the piece that won me gold, uh, I've probably sunk in minimum 80 hours, high side 120 hours of that piece. Yep. Um, which seems ridiculous. I mean, compared to some video games, not that ridiculous, right? Like, we've all played video games with maybe 100 hours into them. But I took a week off work when Andromeda came out. I know what you're getting at. <laughs> Except he got a way better time out of this. I yeah, I, I sure. played Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is one of the things that I've taken away from this is my Castellans that I painted up in probably eight hours, maybe ten, you know, um, got me a silver in master class. And it's all about knowing your techniques, like picking the right colors, uh, doing the right sort of shading, figuring out like how you want to put the color on the model, you don't have to be meticulous and technical about everything. Right? No. The the other big uh, piece also though too is making sure that the models fit into their environment. So in your case, uh, you're on Mars, your legs are quite dusty from the from the Martian soil and everything like that. Yep. Whereas there were other entries where it was quite in a muddy atmosphere, but the model's feet and everything were quite clean. Yeah, totally. So those ones, that's kind of some of the feedback that they got, right? So Elliot uh, submitted a model um, into Journeyman. He got a golden Journeyman, which was awesome. And then the feedback that he got, uh, because I was with him, uh, was that it would, if he entered into the master class, it would have qualified for a bronze. And these are ways that he could increase the the painting level into a master class if he wanted to proceed that for next year so yeah yeah, yeah that's totally. that's what people need to hear to get better and it that's, was so much more encouraging and inclusive uh than anything else yeah my, my constructive whole, criticism yeah, S- seth and craig did a good job i think this year for sure so yeah yeah my whole point is you don't have to spend a billion hours on these competition pieces you can do you can get your army and you can get your units to a very good standard just you know sort of picking your battles with your painting and that's kind of one of the things that I've really been taking away with this I expected the unit of Castellans to do way worse than the Draguri um, uh, uh, I can't remember her name Emma Billiot Spider Lady Spider Lady and one of the things is you know the, the spider looks out of context here right I spent a ton of time on that spider but it does look out of context it doesn't really match the scene which is kind of what you're talking about whereas these guys simple paint job striking they match the scene. Uh, really, there's no conversions to them. They're just they're just cool models. And I would say, like this army, is almost the perfect example of tactical painting. Yeah, I would go with a little more than tactical painting. Well, no, but I know what you're saying. No, because like 
you're, you're putting the effort. You're picking your one or two things to put all that extra effort into, like the the freehand on the faces. Totally. Um, but like the blue itself, it's weathering effects. It's airbrush. Like three or four levels of airbrush. Pick your battles. Maybe and like one or two, one or two edge highlights here and there. A lot of like a lot of my painting was done with a sponge around their fists, right? Like I did all the chipping with the um, uh, the metals around the like the power fist where they'd be punching and grabbing stuff. Yeah, chip it with just silver, weather it with with powders. Done, right? Right. Like it was not like you were doing things that were particularly hard. You just knew where to do everything so yeah. well that the end result is quite striking. Yeah, totally. And that's that's exactly I, I don't mean that to be like a detractor. Well, tactical painting we've always tried to talk about is like. Get an army done in five hours and paint to a rubric, and I don't think that's quite the same. But you're, you know what? It is, a, it is kind of a rubric uh, in some ways. Like, is your color scheme striking? It's an. It's more of the artistic rubric because sure, we've yeah. talked about tactical painting, tactical painting before, under the context of looking at it from just getting a few things done. But like, I yeah. guess ultimately for me, I've always thought about it as knowing how, where to pick your battles on a model. Yeah. To get your best result. Yeah, and I guess the the difference between the bust and this the bust would be beyond like not even close to tactical painting. And I, I, I would never that. call that tactical painting. But you could you could get a very cl- similar result. Like looking at um, at Charnita, which is the other bust that I'm now starting to work on. I have it to what I would consider to be a very, you know, tactical painting kind of state after an hour or two of airbrushing. Um, and it wouldn't take me much more brushwork to get that model done. Um, yeah. And it, and it would probably do quite well in terms of, like, another competition, but it certainly wouldn't be a goal, right? Yeah. Because it wouldn't be able to fit its environment because there is no context to environment because it is a bust. But if, you, if you're a tactical painting with skill, there's really no reason why you couldn't be getting those silvers with your army pieces. Yeah, totally. I agree. I agree. Yeah, pick your battles. Don't, don't spend your time on every single piece. Like, uh, sometimes, you know, just call it done. Jay's favorite color, done. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the work smarter, not harder. Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, and like totally. again, you painted those fuckers, and you said like eight to ten hours. Yeah, yeah. The week before the event yeah. and silver—that's amazing. And they're probably never going to see the table again. <laughs> they're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Until we just start playing some more fun campaign games. Totally. Yeah. Well, like I bought those bits from Shapeways that'll turn them into the shooty Castellans, and then I'll just have six. That'll be right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or we could barbecue plague bearers. That'd be fun too. Uh, no. <laughs> <They're> not. <laughs> yeah, no. I want custodes. Custodes will do their job better. Okay, so uh, we are at. We're really long on time. Hour and a half? Yeah. So I think we can call it for an episode. Yep. I Moral of the story if you love 40K, just fucking go to the LVO. Yeah, you have to. You owe it to yourself. Um, you absolutely owe it to yourself. If my Nurgle army is painted within a year, I'll probably be there playing with them if I can find a way to transport those goddamn playgrounds. Team tournament, man. 2,000-point lists. Single detachment. Other than that, uh, until next time, play some games, have fun, page fucking models. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. Mike. And I'm Steve. And play 40K. Yeah, fucking play 40K. Just, just fucking do it. I'm in. <laughs>